This is our music podcast, and we think it might be called Worst Song Ever, but that might be still in flux. And basically, in this podcast, what we're going to do, guys, is we're going to sit down, listen to a song. Either one of us, every time we do this on each episode, one person's kind of going to be like the guy that chooses the song. This isn't necessarily going to be like a song that we like all agree that we think stinks like before it starts, but like it's one, it's something that really stuck in somebody's craw maybe for, you know, 20 years. And then you're going to get the chance to talk about it. And let's start with some introductions and then we'll get into the song. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Ryan. I love to hate songs. A uh, musician for the last 20 years plus actually started my first band with, with Brian. So it's only fitting that we're coming back together to share some of uh, our most hated treasures from uh, the past and today. Yeah, I think you you guys both have some uh, some serious bona fides. So yeah, Ryan is a guitar player, musician, sound and video kind of specialist, and uh, just a real artsy soul. Andrew, why don't you drop your bona fides on us? Yeah, I'm Andrew. I've been playing music for... I don't know, 75, 80% of my life, we'll say the last 30 years, started with piano. So I'm a classically trained pianist. And then from there, played many different brass instruments throughout grade school, middle school, high school, as well as mallet percussion. And then, yeah, I got into drums and eventually met Ryan and later Brian and had, you know, my formative years of music with you guys. And yeah, love a good song love to hate a bad song and um mm-hmm. listen to a little bit of everything but uh i always have a pretty strong opinion so <laughs> yeah andrew we were we were in a band together as well i guess we should mention that so yeah definitely yeah dirty wink baby we we yeah we've all fucked around with each other in bands and then uh we actually all were in the same band for all of uh about a month to play for my brother's yeah, wedding. That, so. that was our that was our last big show, and it totally kicked butt. <laughs> well, and we also got to go back to the formative Ode de Borges years. Uh-huh. Uh, country <laughs> yeah. Fair. My first year going to Oregon Country Fair was with you two fellas playing on the youth stage. For anybody out there that knows what the Country Fair is, if you know, you know. So, but yeah, Brian, why don't you give yourself a little introduction? Well, yeah, I mean, I think yeah, I'm, I've been part of those great musical experiences too. I as as singer and uh, also kind of not great rhythm guitar player and guy who just kind of really was picky about the songs that I wanted to play in these bands. And uh, when I think back on some of those choices, I think, man, what business do I have to say like? anything bad about anybody else's music success especially guys a band like lit because the song that we're going to talk about today is lit my own worst enemy and uh when you when when andrew when you said that the the youtube was then going to recommend that some 41 come up next when we kind of decided that this was going to be the song that we did first i was like Oh yeah, uh, my own worst enemy by some forty-one. <laughs> I was sure that that was them, and then uh, the music video started, and I was like, "Oh, it's not that guy who looks like Malcolm in the Middle's older brother. This is a, a different band." Yes, yeah, I think we're gonna surprise ourselves a lot with bands that we conflate with the other band from yeah. music at that turn of yeah. the century. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and especially, I mean, at least some forty-one, some forty-one had a few hits, but Lit is a bona fide one-hit wonder from the nineties in like. Mm-hmm peak one hit wonder era especially when it came to like alt rock i mean lit was they lit up bright and then they burned out fast so yeah 
Because <laughs> this song, they did, they lit up bright for sure. This song won an award for Billboard Music Award for Modern Rock Track of the Year in 1999. So, like, that's they only hand out one of those a year, guys. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> special. You are yeah. definitely you're you're calling you're calling your family and letting them know. So, well, yeah, who the who the fuck were they up against for that that's year? A good question. That's a good question. We should probably know that, and we don't. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, if this song won, I don't know if I want to know who they were up against. Although well, we could kind of look and see what was kind of leading up to this just downfall of culture that this song is uh, <laughs> that we may decide that it is. I think I, I I'm thinking I, I might I might surprise you guys in my final judgment about this one, but I'll tell you who who also won one okay. that year in 1999. Well, first off, right before the year ends. And when you heard this song, you think, is this going to be the last year of human civilization? <laughs> well, that was What It's Like by Everlast. Oh, God. Which I, I kind of remember a lot of people kind of being like, man, Lever- Everlast, man, he's really changed. He's not jumping around anymore. He's like, he's kind of all bummed out. Yeah, He's sort of a poet. <laughs> he's kind of like just a sad, sad old man now. <laughs> Every Morning by Sugar Ray was next. That was in February of 1999. <laughs> and that was a true chart topper. Yeah. Yes. Shark chopper. A shark chopper. <laughs> and then, and then, uh, Sugar Ray. Yeah. Every morning that was March 6th and lit had my own worst enemy, April 10th, 1999. Wow. Okay. But you know what I'm seeing here? I'm seeing down at number 17 on the billboard year end hot 100 singles in 1999. Read higher. I'm surprised it was not right up there at the top. Not Lou Bega. Mambo number five? Holy shit. Man, 1999 was a great year. <laughs> For what it wonders. <laughs> Smash Mouth, all-star. Come on. That invaded everybody's lives for the, yeah. most of that year. Brian, don't foreshadow future episodes too much. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is just one year of many bad years. Yeah. And the music video for that one is essentially just Shrek and Donkey like dancing around in the forest. <laughs> Yeah, that was the Shrek song. Yeah. Oh. yeah, you know what song has to be bad to make you hate Shrek? Because Shrek is a good movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a That's different so podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, we don't always need to agree, and I, uh, I think that is going to be the one of the more interesting things for me to do about this podcast is that, you know, first off, we don't we don't really hate these guys, and I read about these guys. They they are not canceled. The worst thing that I found out about the lead singer of Lit is he did kind of a, a showy jump off the speaker at one of their shows, and he and he kicked a young man in the face, and that that young man uh, he's he talked about it at length in the YouTube comment section, <laughs> but he's okay and he's forgiven the band and moved on. That's just a show gaff, honestly. You know that's. That's a pretty good track record for these boys. Oh, dude, getting a big SoCal airwalk in the face when you're trying to enjoy lit, man, that, that would be rough. With those shoes with the cool uh, spider web on it. Dude, I mean, this guy, uh, this this band had a, uh, <laughs> their fashion choices in the music video are, are kind of like a very evocative of like a certain white boy look at the time, right? It, it kind of had an almost scoff flavor. For me, some some of like you know the bowler shoes. I mean, I guess the whole bowling theme. Yeah. Did you guys notice on the back of their shirts they had Moe's bail bonds oh. uh, hand stitched on it? Well, uh, you know, I think I think we're looking at a couple uh, a, a group of some certified bad boys <laughs> because 
Oh, man. No, dude, there's stories to be told about this band uh, going out on tour. One time they stole a gardener's golf cart that the gardener was using at the hotel that they were staying at. And they uh, they they took off with it and got drunk and crashed it or something like that. And he was like, man, you know, there was just I'll just give you a quote from vocalist Jay Popoff. He said this song was the combination of many, many incidents. He'd gotten in trouble with the law for public nudity in the late 1990s. And he sang my own worst enemy nude in the studio. He described a new year where they got drunk in Lachlan, Nevada. They stole a janitor's cart. And he and five friends jumped into the flatbed, rode down the sidewalk, and got chased by the cops. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, this is highly relatable to our high school years, to be honest. I, I know. Yeah, exactly. I mean. We did do we, all that. We did we did crap like that too. I would not that want that on my Wikipedia page. But man, you know, they were just they were just some like Southern California straight up dudes. Definitely. And that's definitely the aesthetic I got from the from the video too. I mean, from the lead singer, I was getting some serious like wannabe Elvis vibes. Oh yeah. With like the slick back hair and stuff. And sideburns. Yeah. And like going back to the whole like ska vibe, I wouldn't be surprised to learn that this song definitely coincided with like the kind of big band revival, you know, Cherry Pop and Daddy's Big Bad Voodoo Daddy, Brian Setzer. So they were maybe trying to ride that <laughs> wave a little bit as well with their on-screen personas. But, you know, one of the things about this video I thought that was just so disappointing is there's so much potential content in the lyrics of this song to be someone who's like living the next day, you know, the like, you know, the morning after the hangover, the whatever. And instead, they're just bowling. The, the, <laughs> I felt like the music video was way too PG for what could have definitely been a, a great story that could have actually like supported the song. And instead, I just thought it was. It's absolutely nothing. It, there's zero incident in the yeah. in the music video. If you look at the lyrics, it's about a guy. Who, we, we've got crash card on the front yard. Blacked out drunk, like definitely drunk driving. Mm -hmm. uh, absolute slobber knocker with your girlfriend <laughs> drunk off your ass in the middle of the night. And then burning yourself with a cigarette. That's not, That would be more interesting to see than like some guys yeah. doing a, a big Lebowski impression at, a, at the bowling alley. <laughs> Yeah, like, I'm not even sure these guys were going to get kicked out of the bowling alley for their behavior, let alone, like, arrested. You know, like, yeah, if this is your own worst enemy, then, like... Yeah, you seem to be doing pretty good. They look, they seem like well, they seem like well-adjusted young men. <laughs> no. Maybe may if not a little bit boring, considering, like, all of those things could have been addressed in the first verse. Mm -hmm. And that basically takes up the entire song to to get that whole storyline out. Well, yeah. I think I think we've we've officially moved on to lyrics. So Here, let's take a quick commercial break and we will uh, come right back. And we'll, we'll dive into these beautiful lyrics. So the second line in the first verse, can we forget about the things I said when I was drunk? I didn't mean to call you that. Now, Ooh. given what we know about these boys' history and how, you know, they have the, the you know, finger quotes, uh, bad boy reputation, <laughs> how likely do you think he meant the B word? <laughs> how likely do you think he actually meant the C word? Yeah. I think it's like a... 90-10% split that he probably meant the B word as far as his bad boydom goes. Yeah. yeah. I, I think back back in 1999, you know, like, I don't remember us throwing that one around too much. It's true. The C, the C word, I mean, you know, like, I, I, I think 
he didn't mean to call her a bitch. I think so. I think he was going for bitch. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm going to give this guy the 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 bitch a fit of the doubt on this one. <laughs> but yeah. um, could have also been like a really like creative diss, you know, like like uh, like what well, you'll hear from like insult from other countries and like oh in Poland uh, you don't call someone like a, a fucking asshole, you call them like the prolapsed anus of an old farm animal <laughs> like he's like i can't believe you called I, just, I didn't mean to call you that i don't even know where i came up with that <laughs> that old chestnut yeah yeah i it's definitely one of those uh one of those i didn't mean to call you that is definitely a thing that you say when you like that's not that's i call that a non-apology right kind of yeah. not that's kind of toxic behavior can we just forget about when i came home blackout drunk crashed the car almost burned the house down and called you names <laughs> mm-hmm. And he's forgiving her 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 blatant violence of whatever she threw at him. Oh right, yeah. It's, uh, you know what? There's two sides to this story. Mm-hmm. And he's willing to call it all off. Just call it a wash. Yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb and say the chances are whatever she threw at him, he deserved it. Um, <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Wow, what a Definitely. safe answer, Andrew. Good <laughs> yeah. for you. Yeah. That's you know. I, I mean, I I don't want to put my neck out there too far, but. Yeah, I mean, we've seen we've seen his face. You want to throw things at it. That's true. Although I want to throw things more at the guitar player with the fucking rat tail for a goatee, oh, <laughs> to be honest. That was great. Yeah, didn't you go play for Static X after this band? <laughs> wow, he really changed his image. Uh, he, he also was he also was wearing one of those one of those extra large button ups with like a woven flame coming down just one side. I was like, I was like, I think I probably went to Zoomies and asked my mom to buy me one of those at some point. Yep, definitely. That music video is absolutely sponsored by either Zoomies or Hot Topic or both. Uh, <laughs> yes. But as far as lyrics go, there's really not a lot here. This guy wrote this song in like two minutes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. He heard the riff and then he's like, all right, got it. Yeah. Let's jam, boys. Let me just work on my jump kick for most of this song. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, it's definitely, definitely safe to say that he left his rhyming dictionary at home. Because there is like no effort whatsoever to like have any kind of cadence or rhyme in this at all. The closest he gets to rhyming is rhyming me with enemy, which he's essentially rhyming it with the same fucking words. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a good point. Yeah. There, there must be some type of magic to the song because this is the first time after you pointed that out that I've noticed that fact. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah I mean, it really slides under the radar with these huh. shitty lyrics because this song I'd have ne- I haven't listened to this song since it was like actually playing on the radio unless I heard it like in the commercial to like all you can eat mozzarella sticks at TGI Fridays <laughs> which is kind of what it sounds like <laughs> oh just this week TGI Fridays and so what but your but, own worst enemy <laughs> whatever talk oh for that's a fact your, you your butthole's worst enemy <laughs> <laughs> That's a that's another night that you'll uh, wake up the next day and be like, oh, I shouldn't have done all that. <laughs> like uh, things I ate when I was drunk. <laughs> yeah, like I was able to just to completely recall them, like almost word for word. Yeah. So there's so there, there's some there's some kind of magic going on here. I think this guy, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he obviously blew his creative wad on this one, um, mm-hmm. but. <laughs> It's still and what a huge cachet that was. Yeah. <laughs> His two verses in a fucking chorus. Uh yeah. 
Can I just yeah. say right now, like, I'm sorry to this band. Like, I kind of love you, but I'm going to keep talking shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. I'm sure that they're still getting residuals. So, like, I mean, I hear this song. I still hear this song three or four times a year. And I don't listen to the radio. I never listen to the radio. But, like, I'll hear this song in the background, like, streaming down from the heavens when I'm shopping in Safeway. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, this this is one of those songs. It is. It's like people still know it. It'll come on at a party and everyone still sings along to it because it's that thing where the lyrics are stated so clearly. You can absolutely understand everything that the guy is saying the first time that you hear the song. Mm -hmm. So people love to sing along with songs like that. Like that's definitely one of the draws and a really common thing that I found in the 90s a lot, especially with big hits, was the ability to like actually understand what people were saying. And unfortunately, a lot of the time, I mean, that doesn't necessarily lend a lot to the artistic creativity of the artist itself. But for the like, just for the pure emotion and joy of the catchiness of the song, it definitely lends itself to becoming an earworm where you're just never going to be able to get rid of it. Mm -hmm. 100% surface level earworm. Yeah. But that brings me to my second question of these lyrics. Now, it makes sense when you just hear it passing you by and you're having a good time drinking your Zima with your fucking bowling shoes on. But I came in through the window last night. That's a total. I snuck into my girlfriend's bedroom. Her parents didn't notice or whatever. And you're long gone, gone. So he's a total creep. And she's gone. He's just sleeping in some stranger's fucking house. (laughs) (laughs) Mom and dad might still be downstairs. Unbeknownst to them, there's this fucking dude fully clothed still in uh, their daughter's bed. Yeah. Like that sort of gives me creeper vibes. Yeah, dude, you you think your daughter's gone. Then you hear like the heavy, heavy, like Doc Martens banging on the on the floor upstairs. (laughs) You hear the rattle of a wallet chain swinging is it <laughs> and then you you see this dude with this kind of greaser style hair and he's probably got a dirty uh uh i like to call them white tank tops now but that's not what we called them in 1999 <laughs> and it would that would have been a terrifying situation yeah yeah dude smells like cigarettes disgusting dude oh god yeah there is there's is a truth behind the truth yeah i mean i i feel like this conversation is quickly like quickly turning into like a true crime podcast there's, there's some like <laughs> evil motive back behind this i mean also just like i mean the contradiction of you know two lines before saying i'm sleeping with my clothes on i came in through the window and you're gone right before that he can't remember why his car is in the front yard but he remembers climbing up and coming in the window and the person being gone so like are you blackout drunk or are you not pick a lane literally (laughs) like he you know he can't make up his mind he's just I guess he picked it because those those lines rhyme so easily together. <laughs> I think we're we're dealing we're dealing here with the classic Lovecraftian unreliable narrator. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can I can get down with that. But uh, I mean, I think we've said pretty much all there is to say about these really paltry service level lyrics. But there's one lyric that I personally enjoyed because at the time in 1999. Futurama was a show that I would watch on Sunday nights. Mm-hmm. And uh, their Nixon character that they had on that show would always say, Aru! And that's the last thing that he <laughs> is repeating at the very end in the outro. <laughs> Aru! And those makes me think of that Nixon head in the jar character. Oh, man. Yeah, that is a wonderful meme we need to mash up right now, bro. That's <laughs> yeah. that's next on the list. I love it. Yeah, And if this, if this ends up becoming a bit of a bummer, edit this part out, but... 
So the, the unfortunately, I'm not laughing at this. I'm just laughing at myself for like being like, oh, I'm going to make fun of this band. And then I read a little bit more about it. And I was like, oh, um, was that the drummer, unfortunately, passed away in like 2010 or something like that. And uh, they still tour and they haven't really changed anything about about their style. But what do you think of the drums? Can you pass that guy a compliment uh from beyond the grave yeah i mean so and it's funny because something that sticks with me about this drummer i was obsessed so if you notice in the video he's playing it's orange county drums and percussion it's got this really noticeable badge on the bass drum head ocdp and that's like the it's this small drum maker out of california and like all of the best punk and rock drummers of that era were playing these drums they were crazy custom they had like huge shells on them like 40 ply shells on on a snare which is just crazy most snares are like eight ply of wood and these were like 40 ply they were like multiple inches thick they were loud they you know this is what travis barker from blink 182 and chad sexton from 311 and all these drummers that i really loved back in the day they all played those drums and so instantly i'm like sweet but then like the drums in that song, there's nothing special at all. He does the same thing over and over again. It's like listening to an Everclear song. It's like the same beat. Mm -hmm. There's nothing creative about it, in my opinion. I mean, it's not bad, but it's, you know, I'm sure that it's him in the studio with, with some producer being like, no, you can't do a fill there. No, stop it. Yes, okay, you can hit one cymbal right there. <laughs> That's all right. So like, he is, you know, he's confined to the producer's box, so to say. I mean, the drums and the guitar do a good job. Like the band, you know, musically, they're tight enough together that the song, the song hits okay. I mean, mm -hmm. it it definitely like it's got some punch and it's got some feel to it. So it's very simple, but I don't hate on it like musically that much my level of disdain really comes down to the lyrics on this one so yeah because i think yeah. i think the drums sounded totally serviceable like i mean the whole idea i think with these trl songs was that like nothing's going to distract you from getting that earworm in your head and being able to repeat the lyrics yeah. mm -hmm. nobody's noodling everybody is lockstep with each other because a very tight production guitars bass and drums and it's all about as surface level as the lyrics were. Live, they probably do like a fish kind of thing where they like drag the song out 24 minutes long yeah. and just really yeah, get yeah, into sure. it and explore the space. Absolutely. Like Blind Melon, they're yeah, getting very psychedelic on the jam, mm -hmm. I'm sure. But okay, think about this though, uh, with the guitar. I, I couldn't tell you what guitar he was playing. I don't even know if they like showed the actual guitar. If I just went up to a random group of people, and I was like, what song is this? they would probably guess it and like yeah. that is that is an accomplishment as a guitarist even though he's doing very simple octaves just like the most simple guitar riff ever where you just you know you double up what the bass is doing and it's it's nothing special but i think because it's so simple it really hooked people People mm -hmm. like still know that riff. As soon as that riff comes on, you know what you're about to get into. Yeah. Yeah. They knew what they were doing. I mean, I, I, I think they probably got some some studio guidance, but uh, everything just kind of lends itself to be like, this is going to be, oh God, how long, how long was the song? If, I mean, three if minutes and 11 seconds was the music video, but there's like 10 seconds of pre-roll of the guys getting out of the car. So it's a, right yeah. about three minutes. 3.11, bro. Yeah, it's dude. Just, uh, <laughs> it's just the right amount of time. 
for just like, okay, here we go. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. All right, on to your son 41. And there's no solo. God bless him. There's no fucking solo. And that makes me kind of happy. Yeah, well, yeah, the, the, there is a solo, but it's, I mean, the bridge. It's a theme. The, yeah, there's no bridge, but there is a guitar. There's there's an overdubbed guitar. That's like, it just kind of like steps up a couple notes and it leads into the last chorus. But there's no bridge. Like, I really feel like a song like this could benefit from a good bridge. I love a good bridge. Uh, just to like mix up the hook a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's it's as simple as it gets. It's a short intro, and then it's verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, so, slash solo, and then chorus again. And then they, in the outro, they repeat the second verse over the uh, part. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, yeah, it is, it's it's formulaic, but I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm never going to, I'm never going to hate on a, because I mean, that's just, it's just such a tried and true formula that it works. Are we just coming around to liking the song now? <laughs> no, no. I mean, <laughs> this is 1999. I was definitely in a band at this time. I was in like one of my first bands. And especially for the five plus years after this song, when it was still on pretty heavy rotation, you know, this song being a one hit wonder did not, it wasn't a one hit wonder that was around for a month. Like I still hear it in the grocery store today. It totally has staying power for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's probably part of it for me is like, I was in all these bands making what I believe still today was better music than this. And it was probably just like, how the fuck did these guys, they're getting laid. They got all this money, they get <laughs> free instruments and all this kind of stuff. And like, I'm, I'm, 15 years old and in a band that I think is probably better. And they just, yeah. So I'm sure that there is a tinge of jealousy in my resentment, but like, I mean, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Brian, this yeah. is when you and I were in a, in a funk band together. Yeah. Why did that never take I off? I know like for an empirical fact, we were better musically than this band. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it's true. But, uh, you know, we, uh, we, we didn't have, we didn't have the polish. Mm-hmm. We were all, we, we were all just, uh, you know, I think we did like to noodle in that band and like to just basically do fun sets where you just like get to just really just rock out and just like get to just, you know, get into a song. And some of our songs were like seven minutes long, I saw. And uh, that I think we just kind of missed the boat on that one. Like, if you want to be popular, you can't be, you can't be, you can't be like absolute. Well, you can be shit. Remember the song about the girl? The girls who were Abby and Crombie and Finch. Like <laughs> these guys are better than them. Absolutely. But I think I think the lesson here is if you if you want to be very popular, you need to write to your audience. You need to mm-hmm. be concise. And it doesn't have to be a fucking work of art. It just has to be serviceable. Yep. Yeah. And 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 this song also does just cap- capture like the zeitgeist, like just the general mood of the time. Yes. Yeah, yeah, just like Oh yeah, I'm amazed that it's not on like the American Pie soundtrack. (laughs) This song actually didn't make it into any official movie soundtracks. It's been in a couple movies, but then didn't make the official soundtrack. So these kind of these guys kind of got screwed a couple times by Hollywood. Yeah, interesting. It's kind of that lowest common denominator type music is is what it feels like to me. You know, yeah. Just and I mean, (laughs) the you know the cynic in me wants to just like. Like one of the things I picture when I hear this song is just just like these guys look like they're 
shitty frat guys. <laughs> yeah. I, I can just picture this song playing in the background of a frat party while some asshole is like putting something in a drink that he's about to give someone else. You know, like yeah. I it, I can definitely I can definitely see someone talking about Stifler's mom. Like all this stuff yeah. playing in the background for sure. Hell, bro. So really, is that, that that's the guilt by association kind of deal. That was not really a fault of theirs. It was the assholes who were listening to them. Yeah, but they did nothing to be original. Fair enough. The uh, we're kind of already getting into it here, guys. But this is our kind of our uh, penultimate segment of the show where we do judgments. Okay, so the judgments are for this one. Um, I'm going to throw these out here and, you know, we can keep or toss. But my original idea was, so was this lit or was it shit? And uh, I think I talked myself out of that one. And I found these maybe not not that creative, but slightly better ones than that. So with this one, with this song, would you put it on? This is a song that you would actually play like in a car, maybe when you're working out, maybe when you are eating some mozzarella sticks. Would you (laughs) would you leave it on? And that is like. Ah, it comes on like I'll leave it on like I may, you know it's like it's it's in it's inoffensive enough it's not really bugging me or do you just go right over and just turn it off turn that crap off punching the stereo of your car so Andrew yeah you go first yeah yeah I mean I turn it off every time I've definitely hit this surfing on the radio dial before and I I keep moving right along but even with that no matter how quickly I turn the dial seven hours later it will still be playing in my head and i will go to sleep with it playing in my head so the cia <laughs> is aware of the of the the, the power that the song could have if you leave it on enough then yeah. yeah. it's like it's like that josie and the pussycats movie you know how there's like these subliminal messages like playing underneath the music that's exactly what it is like it's yeah uh-huh hmm. Like how like Josie and the Pussycats would like splice like one frame of porn like into their music videos. So you, you would get it to your brain, but you, you wouldn't actually see it on the screen. I think that was Fight Club. Bro. Oh, yeah. Right. I think that's Fight Club. <laughs> it's still 1999, something around. So Ryan, uh, Either was... way, it made me cry. So <laughs> I think, you know, thanks to my goldfish-like memory, I'm just going to use my own uh, rubric for this one. Okay. If, if this song came through my window... I would invoke my stand your ground rights and shoot it in the face. Oh, wow. That is a harsh judgment. Okay. I fucking hate this song, bro. I'm sorry. I always did. Always will. With the courage of his conviction. I I like the guys. As human beings, they sound like some pretty righteous dudes who I wouldn't mind going bowling with. But I'm not about to ever put this song on. Ever. Yeah, I think I'm going to turn it off. I think I'm going to let them. I think I'm going to let the song walk away and just and maybe file a restraining order against it. <laughs> so, uh, but Ryan, maybe maybe some of these YouTube comments are going to change your mind and melt your ice cold heart, dude. Just prepare to cry. All right, let me have them. I'll just start off with a couple easy ones. This song was in every late 90s and early 2000s teen movie. LOL. Soundtrack of my young life. Ha ha. I like that. That person's just like, hey, you know, it was there. It was all over the place. Yeah, except for they're wrong because it wasn't in any movies. <laughs> it's, the only soundtrack this was on was for that person's life. Oh, this is like this is like the Mandela effect of songs. It was just like it must have been an American Pie. It must have been it never been kissed. Must have been in the one with Seth Green where he's wearing the goggles. Or, yeah, he's all that. He's all that. <laughs> but it wasn't. And then this guy, this guy's uh, really t- kind of tugging at my heartstrings with this one. I've been my own worst enemy since I was younger. I was in high school and this song dropped. 
and then lived a lot of that through my 20s, some of my early 30s. In my early 40s now, song came on randomly at work yesterday, instantly made me smile. I mean, I'm still my own worst enemy, but I'm, read more, sober and smile that I've lived a great life. Oh, that was nice nudity shiver. Good, good comment. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, dude. Go back to 4chan. <laughs> and then there's also Elizabeth Huerta who says, I saw these guys with their opening for corn. Dude jumped off the stage and kicked me right in the face. No regrets. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. the best by far so far. So, but we, we, uh, opening for corn. Wow. What a show. I, you know what? Yeah. I would I would listen to a full lit set if I got to see corn mm-hmm. in 1999. I'll right be honest. On. That would have been a thing. God, I would have loved to have been in the green room with those two bands. Just sharing some cookies and punch before the show. Just eating ass left and right. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan Davis probably maybe made a pass at the lead singer of this band, but who knows how that 100%. Went. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't always we we're, we're, we actually don't really hate stuff really too much in our lives. We're both I think all, all three of us caring, kind, compassionate, positive people try to be at least. So let's well let's flip it over. So is there a song that you do like that uh, someone's about to put on lit my own worst enemy, and you're gonna go hey no listen to this instead of that? You know right now I'm gonna say you know what let's put on some pentangle. Let's get back to some 1970s English folk rock. And okay. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to recommend that we listen to uh I don't know maybe the Hunter's song. Um yeah, you know what? That's a great place to start. Hell yeah. Andrew, what's uh what's been playing in your uh in your iPod lately? Oh, so we're saying right now, interesting. Or just or just any old song. Maybe you're just like maybe you're like, "Hey, you know what? I, maybe maybe it's a song that you're like this song has a similar mood, but it's way better. Yeah, I mean, if I'm if I'm going back to, yeah, I'm going to say like if someone's looking for some fun nostalgia, and they're going to put on, you know, they want to put on this. I'm going to I'm going to say, hey, you know what? Let's put on something that I think has a little more creativity and a little more more fun to it, and that really like really makes people dance and get up. And I'm going to put on probably like Gorillas, something like that. So I'm going to yes. put on like Feel Good Incorporated. Or kids with guns or something like that. And like something that's, you know, of that same era, but that I think is like the better side of music that everyone loves. All right. Two votes for the UK so far. Let's go, baby. Right on. Well, I'm my my one uh is my brother is a piano player. And when we hang out together sometimes, he'll just like play a song. He'll be like, remember this song? Remember this song? And then we kind of sing and have a little like, you know nostalgia sesh but uh he he started playing a song on the piano that i I, another one that i was like oh i know all the words to this it was um i wish i was the moon by nico case who's you know a great american country rock Mm -hmm. uh songwriter and all around badass and great 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 songwriter great lyricist with songs that actually tell stories that are interesting about the human condition so yeah i would say Nico Case, I wish I was the moon. That that's gonna be my my wreck. Nice. Very damn, nice. that's a good one. That makes me want to change my shit. God damn it. <laughs> well, I'm gonna listen to your pentangle. I'm gonna blast it right now. Yeah. Well, guys, this is goodbyes, but do you guys have anything to plug before we say adios? <sighs> um, yeah, you know, uh just love everyone, love every band, find some <laughs> kernel of of goodness in it, unless you know, they're just evil fucks. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Good caveat. And, uh, you know, love yourself. That's, that's you know, my plug for the week. Excellent. Yeah. Very positive. Yeah. Andrew? Yeah, I, I will second that and say, you know, we're all fighting battles about which the other person knows nothing about. So practice empathy and do your best to be patient with those around you. And yeah, you know, when that song comes on that maybe you you don't like those lyrics, but if you can latch on to that drum beat or that hot guitar riff, then tune out those lyrics and find the, you know, find the good part. Did Andrew Battles. Listen to Battles. I changed my mind. Go listen to Battles right now. Okay. Battles officially changed. <laughs> All right, Brian, what do you think? Well, I I don't have any like current projects on that I that I am prepared to to plug, but I I'll definitely stand by stand by the general positivity and uh, you know, maybe there's just at least one good thing about all these terrible songs, not the one about the Abercrombie and Fitch that I think I'm pretty sure there's nothing redeemable about that. All right. Well, that's the end of our podcast and uh, we're going to try to do it again. And um, I don't think we know what our next song is going to be, but we'll try to figure that out. And, um, you know, if anybody has any recommendations, just find us on TikTok. We're on there. So. <laughs> we might we might get an official Twitter. Who knows? We'll see how this Just goes. Write it down on a piece of paper, throw it down your local wishing well. <laughs> and uh we'll uh you know take a tally mm-hmm. at the end of the week. Yep. Whis- whisper in a bird's yeah. ear. Yes, send me a scroll by Raven. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that's gonna do it for now. We'll catch you guys next time. We don't hate a song, but we talk about it, explore it, and learn to at least love something about it. My name is Brian. I'm out of here. I'm Andrew. I'll talk to you guys later. I'm Ryan. Adios. Adios.